Shalom, shalom, Boker Tov. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day. Excited to learn here at the wonderful My Jewish Learning here, Parshat Pekude. It says here right in the beginning of the Parshat, Ele Pekude Mishtan Mishtan Ha'edut, Asher Pukad Al Pi Moshe Avodat Halevi'im Yad Itamar Bin Aharon HaKohen. That these are the reckonings of the tabernacle of the Mishkan, the tabernacle of testimony, which were reckoned at Moses' bidding. The labor of the Leviites was under the authority of Itamar, the son of Aaron the Kohen. It's a beautiful, beautiful progress we've made here in Sefer Shemot, in the book of Exodus, which we finished this week, that we have moved from slavery and bondage into freedom. What is the freedom? To choose our own religious practices, to choose our own garments, our own clothes. We now are wearing the clothes that we choose as opposed to the clothes of slaves. But it's a, it's a peculiar Parsha. It's a peculiar last few Parshas, dealing with um, details of the tabernacle, the aesthetics, and the clothes. And I want to ask why so much attention is placed on this and give a few possible answers. If you share comments or questions here, I would love to hear what you're thinking. Firstly, firstly um, as already mentioned, this is about freedom that what it means to be free is to have the opportunity to choose our clothes, right? In fact, raising young children, early on, we just dress them, right? As they mature, they gain more freedom um, and more uh, desire, uh, autonomy, they want to pick their own clothes. So too, with the maturation of B'nai Yisrael from slaves to free people, we begin to be able to choose our clothes. And this is important also that we focus on clothes. But sometimes in Jewish life and spiritual life, we can lose the value of the aesthetic, right? The value of the aesthetic. As if it's all just ephemeral and spiritual up on high in the Shemayim, but actually the earthly, the beautiful, not only nature, but that which is constructed through art, is an important part of the religious and the spiritual experience. The Kabbalah deals a lot with colors, as does a lot of spiritual life, to think about the senses and how we can elevate the sensual experience to the next level. So the value of freedom, the value of clothes, the value of the aesthetic. Another thing I want to point to here is um, why do we go through the details of the Mishkan and how it's built and, um, and the clothes that are used here in the service? And one possible answer is that it is about financial ethical transparency. What should the religious establishment have access to? They should have access to exactly what is specified and documented here and nothing more, right? Here's exactly the amount of gold that can be used, exactly the garments that are needed. Today, you can see houses of worship built with gold and palaces for kings and queens. And we say, no, enough, enough. There's a limit to how much we will focus on the building and on the clothes and on the externalities. It says in the Zohar that we have to open up the, the eye of the soul. That if we don't open up the eye of the soul, of the neshama, that actually we will only see the royal garments, the externalities, and we'll miss the inner essence of reality, of the nature of, 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 all, of all life and of all being. Um, we will see the external robes. So in fact, there's something powerful in here, the aesthetics of the clothes, but also if we don't actually 
uh, open up the eye of the soul, the Neshama the extra soul of Shabbat, but also the extra soul the Zohar is talking about in the essence, then we will get stuck on the clothes. And so our understanding here is for ethical financial transparency, we want to know exactly what is needed to build the Mishkan, exactly what the religious establishment should have, what anyone in power should have, so that we know it's that and no more. The other bit to, to say here is that traditionally the matriarch, although it certainly doesn't need to be gendered, certainly in the 21st century, was the one that when the family came together, they made everything beautiful. They set up everything, whether it was the food or the home. This person who, who worked so hard uh, to make things look and feel beautiful and special. Some, some showed up, the grandkids or whoever, just show up at the table. They show up at Thanksgiving, they show up at Pesach, and they're just ready to eat, ready to talk. But someone behind that was making it beautiful. They're making the beautiful food. They're making the, the setup of the home. They're making it feel special. So it may feel like this is trivial. Who cares what the priests are wearing? Who cares about the dimensions of the tabernacle? But we're learning here the importance of preparing a space, holding a space for other people to engage more deeply in a religious or spiritual or familial uh, type of space where we can come together. This is also true with dressing children, that a child may just get clothes put on them. But we think about what to buy, and we buy it, and we prepare it, and we put it in the drawers, and we wash it, and we do all these things to make sure a loved one is taken care of. Not only a child, sometimes an elderly uh, family member who needs uh, the support as well. And so this is another dimension. Um, you know, interesting enough, a little bit of a tangent, uh, the Shem Shmuel says that we see progress from the Mishkan to the Mikdash, from the tabernacle to the temple, of how many animal products are used in building these holy spaces, that there's less products. And so too, by Shlishi, the third temple, the Shemishmol says, there'll be even less animal product involved. So it's interesting to think about. Now, the other question I want to throw out here in Parshat Bakude is, um, what does it look like to build a holy sanctuary? A holy sanctuary, not only in um, a, as a religious establishment, as a temple, a synagogue, um, uh, or as a communal establishment. But what does it look like to build that in our home? What does it look like to build that in our heart? What does it look like to build that in society? It says here in the end of the Parsha, just before we end Sefer Shemot, the book of Exodus, The cloud covered the tent of meeting. This reminds us of the Sukkot story. These clouds that represent the Sukkot. Sukkot actually represents the clouds. Um, of understanding God's glory and presence in the world, that when we travel out in the world, that divinity is with us. However we understand divinity, it says, Bo El Paro, and the commentators say, why does it say, come to Pharaoh? It said, go to Pharaoh. And the answer given is because God is walking with us. Right? A lot of people walk with us. God walks with us. Angels walk with us. Our past family members, our loved ones, those we stand in solidarity with, walk with us and to feel their presence and their chizuk, their strength, to uh, go out in the world and fulfill our mission. So it says, the cloud of glory, excuse me, the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of God filled the tabernacle. What does it take for us to build this type of holy space in the world? And this is, this is an ethical question today, too, not just a spiritual question. There are immigrants who need sanctuary. 
is our Jewish community providing sanctuary, making clear there's a safe space for the vulnerable gear who doesn't have the protections of the state? What about a foster child who is, who is fleeing abuse or neglect? Are we creating homes that are safe for sanctuaries for foster children? Um, or those who um, adopt a dog or an animal who give that space? You know, or those who create space in their lives for those experiencing trauma, those coming out of a divorce or an abusive relationship or coming out of poverty or those who are mourning from someone who has passed. How do we create safe spaces for them? How do we invite God's presence into our lives? As the Kutzka Rebbe famously said, where is God wherever we let God into our lives? And of course, for some of us, this might be a theological point of divinity. And for others of us, this might be a humanistic sort of understanding godliness within the human being, with Salam Elohim, the, the image of God within every human being that we can experience in a Buber Levinas fashion within the face and the presence of the other. So what do we say today, just to sum up, we're dealing with Parshat Pekudeh, which to some may feel trivial or lacking um, spiritual or ethical uh, substance, because we're dealing with the materials um, uh, that are used in the work and, and the ephod and the breastplates. Um, that, that which is worn in the service and the robe and the tunics and the head plates and, um, and, and the dimensions of the tabernacle that are involved. But in fact, we give a few answers. Number one, this is a sign of freedom. We will choose what our own religious establishments look like. We will choose what our clothes look like. We serve God, not, not human beings. We serve divinity not, and our ethical commitments, not taskmasters. Then we see the value of the aesthetics and the clothes that we wear, make our choice each day. What do clothes say about my values? About, uh, am I ostentatious? Um, do, I, do I dress modestly, right? Um, how do I think about what my clothes say about, about my values? Then there's the issue of the ethical transparency around limits, around how much we spend on the physical buildings of our religious establishments, and even beyond religious, our communal establishments. And we should focus on rather than merely on the order, right? As important as it can be to have uh, beautiful spaces, the uh, aesthetics that can be powerful, that we never become too consumed with that. It says in the, in the Midrash that when they went to Rome, they went to Rome and they saw the homeless sleeping on the floor outside of the palace, freezing in the cold. But they saw blankets wrapped around the pillars, the marble pillars, because they were worried about being cracked. That is stone in Amara. The wicked society is more concerned about the cracking of the marble pillars than about the homeless who are freezing on the ground next to those pillars. Then we see the value of the matriarch, not just the matriarch, any of us who are caregivers, those of us who create spaces um, for holiday celebration or safe spaces for others. And then we close with the question of what does it look like to build a holy sanctuary in our hearts, in our homes, in our community, in our society, in the world. not only so God's presence can dwell, so that we can honor the inner godliness of every human being and the sanctity of all life. May we, friends, this Shabbat reflect on Parshat Mekudeh, on how we bring these values into our lives and into our communities. Shabbat Shalom. Have a wonderful day and a great weekend. Oh, and Chodesh Tov, Adar, the Simcha Adar. Have a wonderful Purim. God bless.